0: Breaking. Old man yells about NIL. Now, why is Nick Saban throwing shots at the U? You are Locked On Canes, your
1: daily podcast on the Miami Hurricane, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: I am Alex Dono, your host of Locked On Canes, University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet, including most recently post game and pre game on the Miami Hurricanes radio network. And thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen each and every day. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts, and available free on YouTube. And this episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet online where the game starts. Boy, I wasn't planning on talking about Nick Saban today on Locked on Canes, but sometimes people start talking. I get fired up and we have to change things up. So Nick Saban was speaking at an event in Birmingham last night. And guys, he made some very serious allegations. He blasted Miami. Texas A&M and Jackson State over NIL, uh, the most serious allegations went against his conference rival, Texas A&M. Now, okay, we're going to dissect this and the parts of what Saban said that are flat out wrong. And honestly, certain people take this stuff the wrong way. There could be litigation. Okay, he said some things that were flat out wrong. Now, Nick Saban... Based on what he said on Wednesday night, either he doesn't understand how name, image, and likeness actually works, which would be really problematic if true. Now, I don't think that's the case. Nick Saban is way too smart, and he's one of the most detail-oriented coaches in the entire country, probably the most detail-oriented coach in the entire country. There's no way he doesn't actually understand himself how NIL works. So if he does understand it... He's making some extremely serious allegations, especially against Texas A&M, but also against Jackson State and against Miami as well. And also, part of what Saban said in making these allegations, he basically admitted that Alabama as an institution involves themselves in NIL payments or will do so in the future, which is... A direct violation of the rules and the laws. That's not what NIL is or how it works. Let me explain this again for the thousandth time for Nick Saban or for anybody else who doesn't understand NIL by now. Businesses or collectives, they have to work completely independently from the universities. They are paying players in exchange for advertising. It's not the University of Miami paying players for play. It's Life Wallet, Cigar Racing, American Top Team, The Wharf, or whoever else is paying players for advertising. So if Nick Saban is accusing schools of buying players the way he directly said about Texas A&M, he either needs to walk that back and correct himself, or he better have the receipts to back that up. Could be liable if he's not damn sure these allegations are correct and fair. So during this event... Wednesday night in Birmingham, uh, Nick Saban, he sounded off on NIL. Here's what he had to say about Miami first and foremost before we get to Texas A&M and Jackson State. Saban said, quote, these guys from Miami that are going to play basketball there for $400,000. He's talking about Nigel Pack, who transferred from, uh, from Kansas State these guys that are going to Miami that are going to play basketball for $400,000 save and said via AL.com. It's in the newspaper. He said, the guy tells you, the guy being Ruiz, the guy tells you how he's going to do it. Yeah. Okay. John Ruiz is telling people how he's going to do it because that's part of the advertising. That's what NIL is name, image, and likeness. John Ruiz is paying student athletes, not only from the university of Miami, by the way, He's paying student-athletes from FIU. He's even paying student-athletes from the Florida Gators now for name, image, and likeness. And okay, John Ruiz tweets about it afterwards. That tweet got over 6 million impressions. That's advertising, Nick. That's how this works. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I would very likely have no idea what Life Wallet is if not for what they do with NIL. The advertising worked. It worked on me. I am a LifeWallet user because of the work that they do in NIL. It's tweets from John Ruiz and his family and the reports that Nick Saban keeps saying it's in the newspaper. Yeah, Nick, it's in the newspaper. That's publicity. That's the publicity they want. I know what NIL is and I know what LifeWallet is because of this name, image, and likeness stuff. Uh, Nick Saban goes on. And, And also, I thought it was interesting. I have to wonder, because, you know, when talking about this NIL stuff, he took a very specific shot, we'll get to it, at Texas A&M football, Jackson State football, but Miami basketball. I have to wonder, because I think Nick Saban does like and respect Mario Cristobal very, very much. So I wonder if Nick stayed away from Miami football and talked about Miami basketball instead, because he didn't want to have, like, a direct – Thing going on with uh, with his protege Mario Cristobal, I have to wonder about that. Okay, but so so once again, I, let me get to. I, I think the real the real part that comes off a little bit hypocritical is in the Texas A and M thing. Um, you know, uh, he he accused Aggies coach Jimbo Fisher of buying that talented group of players. He says, "quote I know the consequence is going to be difficult for the people who are spending tons of money to get players." Saban said. You read about it. You know who they are. We were second in recruiting last year, he said. Texas A&M was first. A&M bought every player on their team, made a deal for name, image, and likeness. He goes on, we didn't buy one player, I, But I don't know if we're going to be able to sustain that in the future, he said, because more and more people are doing it. It's tough. So is he saying We're not buying players now, but we may have to start buying players. That sounds like a premeditated break of the law and break of NCAA violations. And then once again, Nick Saban is way too smart not to understand how NIL works. So he either doesn't understand it or he is accusing Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M of directly buying players. His words. Because again, that's not what NIL is. If businesses want to negotiate completely separately from institutions, they negotiate directly with student-athletes, with the NIL agents of student-athletes. If they want to negotiate those deals, and the coaches are not allowed to be talking with the collectives, they're not allowed to be talking with players about what sort of NIL deals they can sign if they come here. So if that's what's going on, and if it's above board... Nick Saban complaining about it. You know what it sounds like to me, folks? You know what it sounds like to me? Nick Saban, there are many others out there, do not like the fact that the playing field is being leveled. They do not like the fact that the atmosphere is now changing around name, image, and likeness and the playing field is being leveled, and Alabama may not have certain advantages now that they had a couple of years ago before NIL was a factor. And the other part about this that sounds hypocritical is Nick Saban, no problem admitting he's done it many times, that he's got plenty of players on his team, I think 35 of them from last year, uh, 25 I think uh, to be precise is what he said, that yeah, we're profiting, and some of them profiting big time, including Bryce Young making seven figures profiting off name, image, and likeness deals. But the way he says it is, well, we make sure we do it the right way. We do it the right way. We don't do it the wrong way. So like, you know it's happening and you're talking about it, that yeah, there are NIL deals that are available to people that come and play football for this institution. You just don't like the way that some others are doing it. He says, we didn't buy one player, but I don't know how we're going to be able to sustain that in the future, he said, because more and more people are doing it it's tough. So this is some really serious stuff out there. Uh, he goes on to talk about Jackson State. Now, he didn't name the head coach of Jackson State specifically. but We all know who that is. Primetime, Deion Sanders. And primetime is prime mad about this. Uh, Saban said, quote, Jackson State paid a guy a million dollars last year that was a really good Division I player to come to school, Saban said. It was in the paper. They bragged about it. Nobody did anything about it. Nick, again, that wasn't Jackson State paying a player. That player was getting paid by an NIL collective. So are you accusing directly Jackson State of cheating or do you just not like the game? Don't call out the player. Call out the game, Nick. And Deion Sanders is not happy about this. Coach Prime tweeted out on Wednesday night, you best believe I will address that lie that Coach Saban told tomorrow. I was and awakened by my son that sent me the article stating that we paid Travis Hunter a million to play at uh, at the uh, the Jackson State Tigers. We as a people don't have to pay our people to play with our people. John Ruiz from LifeWallet also has been tweeting about Nick Saban. Uh, he writes in the tweet, "Shocking." <laughs> Uh, Saban stated in his speech that Miami and uh, in parentheses at LifeWallet paid a player 400k a year, but not for a true NIL. Saban's statements contained admissions that he and the school involved themselves in their players NIL deals. And then he writes in all caps, wow, clear NCAA violation. So Folks, that breakdown is why what Saban is saying is so serious. He has used words like Texas A&M bought their player. Jackson State bought a player, was accusing Miami basketball of buying Nigel Pack when it's NIL, business people, collectives doing it. So these are serious allegations by Saban. And he's either got to clarify and get his words straight, or he better have the receipts to show how these people that he's accusing of directly cheating are doing it, and he also talks about Alabama as if they're going to start cheating in the future. When we come back, we are going to. And I know this is this is a hard shift of the gears, but I'm going to try to put a smile on my face because I'm getting all angry about Nick Saban. But we're going to talk about the draft prospects of Tyler Van Dyke with Hussam Patel from the ATB Network and Five Reasons Sports. Uh, he also does the uh, the NFL scouting combine show, so he's very much up on this stuff. You guys know that I'm bullish on Tyler Van Dyke. I want to get a more neutral opinion on TVD, who I think is a year away from being a less than a year away, 11 months away from being a first round pick in the NFL draft. But I want to talk about our partners at Bet Online. Bet Online continues to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info find all of the latest odds and sports developments including this year's basketball playoffs let's go heat tonight major league baseball scores fights and even next season's nfl futures bet online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs esports and more so head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action bet online where the game starts Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen every day. So make sure you check out Locked on NBA Big Board. Host Raphael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies and author of the NBA Big Board Newsletter is joined by Richard Stamen, Sam Ferris, and Leif Tulin, giving fans an in-depth look into the NBA draft, mock draft, player rankings, and of course, big boards. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. So let's bring on a very good friend of mine who does a fantastic job doing all that dirty work with the NFL draft that, uh, quite frankly, I would rather let people like him do it. And that's Hussam Patel from the ATB Network. Uh, Hussam is also with the Five Reasons Sports Network, the NFL Scouting Combine Show. And Hussam, are, are you as bullish on Tyler Van Dyke as I am? I,
1: I sort of am actually contrary to popular belief. There's been a lot of media hype about Tyler Van Dyke. And, um, admittedly, when you have a lot of media hype behind a player as a scout, as somebody who looks at draft prospects and, um, you know, has information coming from coaches, scouts, and um, NFL personal executives, you look at the film, right? And Tyler Van Dyke is a very, very interesting prospect. Um, before we head on to that, Alex, I, it's an honor to be on the Locked On Network and on the Locked On Games podcast. Yeah. And um I see you're wearing your UM hat, your UM shirt as well. I'm wearing my Miami Heat hat, um, you know, wearing red to support the Miami Heat tonight, and I got a Dolphins flag in the background.
0: So you're repping everybody but the Miami Hurricanes. Exactly, so that, that, and, and that's everybody. how you stay impartial because you're you're not a Hurricanes fan, and you're letting everybody know <laughs> I root for every team but the Miami Hurricanes.
1: I, I, I as a young kid, I was a Miami Hurricanes fan, but then I fell off because the team just they didn't have that quarterback. They didn't have that team that everybody had been wanting for. Just. For the Hurricanes and and their football team. I just kind of fell off, fell in love with college football overall. And that's probably one of the reasons why I've I've taken an interest into the NFL draft and scouting and uh I can't wait to listen to Iran about uh, Nick Saban once once the episode releases. I'm excited. Shredded to him.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, shredded him, and, and and that's why it's like you know you start off so angry. I, I want to be happy and talk about Tyler Van Dyke and listen co- coming into his what's going to be his redshirt sophomore season. Right. Um, a lot of momentum who saw from last year six straight games of at least 300 passing yards and three touchdowns in six straight games, was putting up video game numbers. Um, And so, yeah, he's got another full season to play here before he's draft eligible. But I I think the one thing where people can proceed with caution is he does have a small sample size so far. I think he's appeared in, in nine games as a collegian so far. So what does the film tell you, Hussam, about Tyler Van Dyke? And is the sample size just not enough?
1: Well, look, as you said, you know, six straight games of 300-plus passing yards. And according to PFF, he was the only quarterback in the football bowl subdivision to finish in the top 10 for passing yards, touchdowns, big-time throws, and big-time throw rate in the second half of the season. And he lifted a a struggling Hurricanes team to a 5-1 record down the stretch. Uh He's only a redshirt sophomore, kind of like Nick Saban's uh, other quarterback, Bryce Young. Uh, it's they didn't necessarily... buy. By the way, they did not buy Bryce Young. So everybody knows. <laughs> uh, I guess. I guess unless uh, Nick Saban has some type of connect uh, already to that NIL deal, but I don't think it's a given he'll declare for the draft in twelve months. Uh, he only started in twenty twenty one after an injury to De'Ara King, whose hype was way overblown by the media. Yeah. As well. Um. I think Van Dyck may prefer to gain a little bit more experience before turning pro, but we'll see how 2022 goes for him. And if it is going well, I'm sure we'll hear his intention soon, but let's deep dive into the film, right? Um, Initially, I was a little bit concerned about Mario Cristobal going to Miami first. Let's let's do a little bit of a 2022 projection. Mm -hmm. The offense he ran at Oregon didn't make the most of now a Chargers quarterback, Justin Herbert, and made him a harder evaluation than what was necessarily um tbd uh, he's at his best when throwing downfield attacking opponents with his arm not indulging in all the screens and slants that herbert had and christopher has spoken about tailoring an offense to fit van dyke though so there is that, and he's gonna have josh gaddis as his offensive coordinator as well so what does TVD do well look obviously he's big He's tall. He's 6'4", 224 pounds. And I watched three games just to get a little bit of a feeler for him. Um, one early in 2021 and two later on where he outdulled Kenny Pickett in a big win at Pittsburgh. I'm sure you remember that game. Oh, yeah. And, and the difference is notable. You can see him throwing with greater, conf- greater confidence in the later games just because he was more comfortable with that offense. He looked more in control, more comfortable, and he looked every bit a quarterback capable of succeeding at the next level. Uh, He stands tall in the pocket. His base is impressive for a young quarterback like him, who was a redshirt freshman, really played six, seven games, uh, plants his feet very, very nicely, steps into his throws, helps him stay accurate. Um, His passes carry strong velocity. And um, if, if you look at his throwing motion, the way he releases the ball, just that flick, like the ball kind of flicks right out of his hand on his release and and the throwing finger kind of like spins out that extra juice to launch it downfield um one thing about him that he he does tend to drop his shoulder down and his Mm. release is a little bit more elongated than ideal um if he's looking to get into the NFL soon he's gonna have to fix that it's not necessarily a deal breaker yet but it is something that will need to be cleaned up uh he throws to the right areas um, of the field sometimes you know he leads his receivers but from what I've seen overall he fails to give his receivers a chance to make a play after the catch now it could be because the Hurricanes receiver core and the way they have recruited under Manny Diaz in the past hasn't been the best but Charleston Rambo even though I, I didn't really like him coming out mm. of college did just enough to make uh, some good plays with Tyler Van Dyke. And some of some of uh Van Dyke's high completion percentages, it is padded by a lot of quick screens. So that that is one context to look out for if you guys are uh, firing up the tweets about his completion percentage. Um two throws two throws that really stood out to me a game against Virginia Tech. Uh it was a 55 yard downfield dime. Hit the receiver perfectly in stride and made it look Effortless. Then another one 15 yards across the field to the right hand side, dropping a pass into like the tightest window. It was good coverage by defensive back, but he he dropped it right in the bag, and it was like a forty yard throw. Perfect timing, accuracy, and velocity. Now, the thing is, as big as a guy he is, he's not that mobile, mm. but he can scramble. Yes. He can- he can scramble. He can't. Like he, like he's
0: not fast, but somehow he's elusive. Like it's weird. Like it's like he's moving in slow motion, but nobody can tackle him.
1: Yeah, I, I think I, I think just because of his strong arm, he's able to make every NFL throw easily, and NFL teams really really like that. Uh, he can drive the deep out to the sideline from the opposite hash of the field. No problem threading the needle between closing defenders, zips the balls to the areas, sticks throws into tight uh, into tight windows as well. Now he can stand in the pocket. He's a prototypical NFL quarterback now. It's just he needs to be a little bit more mobile. And just something just a little bit off the field, just hearing some of his press conferences, you you like the way he speaks, um, yeah. just very professional, kind of. I don't want to say Belichickian, but you can't go wrong. Um, You can't go wrong. And I'll pull up this quote. Um, So I'm quoting Van Dyke right now. And he goes, you can tell the difference, the discipline, and intensity that has changed around the program, the Miami Hurricanes program so far. There's no more BS going around here, which is (laughs) very big staven coming Mm -hmm. from him. That means always. there was bs in the
0: past but it's nice <laughs> to know it's not there anymore
1: yeah exactly easy you know always have to be on time or you're going to face some discipline issues which is really great from mark crystal ball pay attention to small details will help them on the field they need standard they need to execute and with crystal ball at the head guy all the talent in the mime hurricanes program there's no more excuses to be seven five no more excuses to be eight and four. best coaching staff in college football we got to be better with discipline and details that's what gets us beats the biggest thing is player-led accountability me and a couple guys are doing that to make sure everybody does the right thing and I want to highlight the importance of this as a quarterback you're a leader of a college program right off the bat you're the starting quarterback you're going to be making the headlines and him already saying that he's going to be in a leadership role to make sure that he executes Cristobal and Gaddis's vision already before a game has even started speaks volumes.
0: So when we come back I'm going to ask the million dollar question to sam put Patel if I can speak correctly who joins us and that is uh where could we see Tyler Van Dyke drafted if he does declare this upcoming season before that my friends we have to talk about built bar the brownie batter puffs. Oh my goodness I love brownies. But you know what I love even more? Brownie batter. Sometimes I eat half the batter just while I'm making the brownies. Imagine if you could lick that brownie spatula clean and get some protein in while you're doing it. You're in luck because Built has a new creation, and this one is better than ever the Brownie Batter Puff. You heard me. This puff takes protein bars to a whole new level, and they're available right now at Built.com. Have you tried those Built Puffs yet? I'm not sure what you're waiting for if you haven't. Puffs are a chocolate-covered marshmallow protein bar. That's right, delicious flavored marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate with 140 calories only, 17 grams of protein, only 7 grams of sugar. Brownie batter puffs are the perfect pick-me-up for any day. All Built Puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means that with Built, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. And they're made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficient. Efficiently, and they provide a ton of health benefits the brownie batter puffs will have you completely forgetting that you're eating a protein bar no need to pinch yourself this is real life go to built.com to get the brownie batter puffs now go to built.com use promo code locked 15 and get 15 percent off your order that's promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at built.com Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen each and every day. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts. Alex Dano, joined here by Hussam Patel from the ATB Network. He's also the director of scouting at finmaniacs.com. And so, okay, Hussam, Tyler Van Dyke, and you mentioned it's maybe not a done deal that he declares for the 2023 NFL draft, and that's very much going to depend on how he plays in 2022, I'm sure. Uh, But based on what we know today, where do you project Tyler Van Dyke? Cause I've seen a lot of first round. I've even seen some top 10. Is that a little bit too bullish?
1: Uh, before we get into that, I, I just, uh, Jimbo Fisher just clapped back at Nick. He did? He oh, did. Oh, do you have
0: the quote? Oh, it's I perfect do. timing.
1: I do, I do, and I'm sorry to go off the TVD train, but this this is kind of serious. So Jimbo goes, Yeah. Jimbo Fisher goes, I don't cheat and I don't lie. I learned that when I was a kid. If you did, the old man slapped you upside the head. Maybe somebody should have slapped him in <laughs> regards Nick Saban.
0: Dude, and listen, I'm I'm first of all, I'm so glad you saw that and you could share it with us because just to reiterate what I started the episode with, very serious allegations that Nick Saban made. Because first of all, NIL, the institutions are not involved in that. So if there if there are businesses cutting deals with players from Texas A&M, Jackson State, Miami, wherever else, you can't just go and blame Jimbo Fisher for that unless you've got the receipts and evidence to back it up because you're making a serious allegation. Like Nick Saban is making an allegation that Jimbo Fisher – Deion sanders and you know jim Larinaga. he didn't use his name but when he's talking about a miami basketball player and how upset he is he's making that allegation. like he's making allegations that these coaches and these institutions are paying for play and you better be able to back that up and so listen i'm i'm not a big jimbo fisher fan but i'm glad he clapped back at nick saban so thank you so much for sharing that uh so so what it's like
1: uh it if you have time later, go watch the full two minutes and and, and twenty second. He, he references some people think they're God <laughs> in there as well. It's 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 got a lot of Jim Jimbo Fisher fired back, hot and heavy. <laughs> um, but back on that TVD train, um, a sign that he's seen as a big time prospect is that he's already working with you know, and you saw it yesterday too with his. Uh, New, new logo for TVD and sign, and ILDO. His agent is Drew Rosenhaus. Yeah. Rosenhaus is big time in Miami. Everybody down south here uh, knows it. And the way uh, Van Dyke was playing at the end of the season kind of hinted that he's a player who could easily work himself into top 10 consideration if he continues to improve and elevate the Miami Hurricanes. Uh, you know, for all the talk about Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, it's players like Tyler Van Dyke and Kentucky's Will Levis that increased the excitement around the 2023 uh, draft. And it, it further highlights why a lot of teams passed on everybody except Kenny Pickett in the 2022 uh, quarterback class with an eye towards, you know, 2023 teams like the atlanta falcons carolina panthers washington commanders and tennessee titans took flyers on quarterbacks who may eventually start but around the league they're seen as developmental prospects and they all took chances on them in the third round um or later um things unfolded very very quickly outside of nfl draft war rooms than people realize, um you know leading up to the draft um inside information seems to suggest multiple quarterbacks would go in the top half of the first round. That wasn't the case, Yeah. but the way the draft unfolded is more in line. What most expected early on in the pre-draft process, because there was no sure thing this year. I, there are a couple of needy teams like the Seattle Seahawks. Um, potentially if, you know, um, Seattle can shore up a little bit more of his offensive line, really get their defense in play. You know, you can get a strong arm quarterback, you pair him up with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Tyler Van Dyke in Seattle, I could potentially see that happening. But look, the 2023 class doesn't end with Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, and Tyler Van Dyke. There's a lot of them like Will Levis, Devin Leary, um, Spencer Rattler, I guess, maybe Ooh. if if he bounces back Jake Hayner is is somebody who I'm hearing has some type of potential within the later rounds as well um a couple of these guys can work their way up in into the first round with with Tyler Van Dyke I'm I'm really excited to see how he does a lot of people are buying his hype scouts NFL personnel executives as well um but listen the market for 2023 rookie quarterbacks may or may not be muddled by if teams trade for baker mayfield and jimmy garoppolo Uh, if if, if i were to bet who would be picking up quarterbacks the rookie quarterbacks next year it would be maybe the texans if davis mills doesn't play like he was last year potentially the carolina panthers if they don't think matt corral can work out the detroit lions um you know jared goff is under contract to 2024 a lot of offensive weapons Goff can't get that done. Maybe TVD in Detroit. Who knows?
0: And then the Seattle Seahawks for sure. That's really well said. Make sure you guys follow Husam on Twitter. I'll read it out for those listening to the audio version. It's at Husam Patel, two S's in Husam, And make sure you check out his work. He is the director of scouting for Finn Maniacs and editor at the ATB Network. So thank you so much, Husam, And thank you, everyone, for making Locked on Canes your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked on ACC. Get all of your daily ACC news in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts.